Our long national nightmare of the last three days apparently is about to be over in that Trump is going to sign something to deal with this whole family thing. I think his calculation is this is not working uh, politically. I couldn't force the Democrats to do something like I thought they could. Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who we've interviewed on this show, uh, said the Democrats want the issue more than they want to solve anything. That's clearly true. I don't think most people are going to understand that. Every Dem- every Republican needs to say that every single time if they're going to have any effect with that message. Their messaging is so terrible, as usual. Uh, but that's absolutely true. It's 100% true. You know, I think, I'm not sure Trump had that strong a strategy. I just think he and Sessions and, and company thought, yeah, we'll get some resistance to the arresting everybody and separating families. Uh, the poo will hit the fan. But they didn't get poo fan. They got poo storm. Mm. And so they got to backtrack a little bit. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Drew Harwell of the Washington Post about Tesla's increasing troubles coming up in a couple of minutes. I hate to see that. I mean, I don't own a Tesla. I've always wanted to, <laughs> but um, I don't own one. But I just wanted to be successful. I like so much about the company. But, and Elon Musk and the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. but we shall see. Um, well, okay, we'll talk about that when we talk about it. I also, If we have time, I want to talk about this Civil War uh, archaeology discovery, but it's it's very, very serious. I don't know about this. It's very interesting, but very, very serious. I um, love that sort of thing. On a less serious note, though, very briefly, uh, so we're doing our big 20th anniversary thing, um, and and we're going to be recording it so everybody who wants to watch it can watch it, um, because, the, you know, the tickets sold out in the blink of an eye, which is very flattering, but, um, and we should have had a bigger place, but what hey, are you going to do? I got to jump in with this. Jump in with this. Um, they're saying on the cable news, we're awaiting comments from Trump. If he comes out to a microphone, do we go to that live? Yeah, sure. Probably should. It's a pretty yeah. big story. Yeah, well, I think keep, we ought keep, to. Keep an eye on yeah. that, guys. But anyway, uh, what we're going to do is collect a little audio of your favorite moment from the show through the years. Those of you who have been listening for a long time. Um, tell us what it is. And some of you lunatics who have like every show cataloged for 20 years and have the links in the podcasts and the rest of it. Heck, if you have a and, link to it, send dolls us dolls of us on a mantle that you pray to or something. It's weird. All right. You're weirdos. Your sex toys <laughs> altered to make it look more like us. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, oh if you have a favorite, uh, if you, I was picturing one of those love dolls, an inflatable oh, love geez. doll. Um, if they you all have, do kind of look like me. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, if you have a favorite moment and certainly a link to it or a recording of it, send it along. We have plenty of work to do around here, but uh, we'll find it if you can't. So and that would be very helpful as we move toward that. I think it's next week. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I tell you what, let's do this because I know we're both super interested in it. I'll just read you the account from the WAPO, and we're going to be talking to Drew Harwell from the WAPO in a couple of minutes. But the bullet probably hit the Union soldier as he was fleeing. It may have struck his cartridge box first, which sent it tumbling through the muscle of his right buttock, broke his right leg, and buried itself sideways in his thigh bone just below the hip. His buddies probably carried him as they retreated before the storm of rebel gun and cannon fire. At the field hospital, the harried surgeons probably took a look at him and moved on to those less seriously wounded. After he died, he was laid in a shallow pit with a dead comrade and the sawed-off arms and legs of as many as 11 more soldiers cut down at the Civil War's Second Battle of Bull Run in August of 1862. On Wednesday, National Park Service announced that archaeologists had found the, quote, limb pit where the two soldiers and the amputated arms and legs that is were buried. not a good band name. Oh, boy. Um, uh, it's just north of Manassas, Virginia, where I just was, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's more to this, but just a brief explanation of why I'm bringing this up, because it's macabre and the rest of it. 
it's very, very easy to tip our cap at veterans and those who fought and been injured and died and, and feel good about ourselves because we've done that. But unless you've done that or you've been part of a military family that's really, really sacrificed, I think it's it's worth all of us understanding how incredibly costly our freedom has been and not just tipping our cap and moving along. Um, said this archaeologist, Brandon Bees, as an archaeologist, it's exciting. As a human being, lifting the leg of an American soldier and holding the bone with the bullet that killed him, it's an emotional experience. It's one in a million, but for that soldier, it wasn't a good one in a million. It was the end of his life. Um, and so they're they're trying to deal with the remains and, and study them and, and draw lessons from them and help us understand our history. Um, but man, there's all sorts of fields across the South, especially where there are you know fallen soldiers of both sides that may never be found. But anyway. So coming up later this hour, um, are we going to do that restaurant thing? Because I've just heard you guys oh, talking yeah, about I'm it. I'm so sorry. That's right. We were going to do that here. Do we have time now? Uh, I think we could fit it yeah, in. Yeah, let's fit it in. All right. This is a news account. This is a very famous restaurant in the Union Square area of San Francisco, a, a place I have dined more than once. Uh, Hanson, hit it. Union Square attracts visitors and locals alike, but some say an unsavory element is a growing presence. It's turned into, you know, basically a red light district, um, a homeless camp, an open air drug market. As a result, Jared Stratton, a manager at Lori's Diner, says he's noticed a loss in business during the late night hours. He says prostitutes come into the diner and disrupt business, causing regular customers to go elsewhere. They pepper sprayed an old lady. They tried to turn tricks in our bathroom. Three weeks ago, Stratton stopped allowing prostitutes to use the bathroom, and the restaurant owner hired a security guard. But on Saturday, there was no guard available. When this surveillance video was taken, Stratton has his back to the camera. I told these, this particular woman that she would not be allowed to use the restroom. The woman knocked items off the counter. Minutes later, when Stratton got off work, he's seen in another surveillance video in front of the tap room, just steps from the diner, talking to a security guard. He says the same woman and another prostitute confront him. They dropped their purse. They're trying to hit me. They're, they're, they're crazy. Security guards intervened, but Stratton says it didn't end there. They stalked me down the street and pulled a gun on me and pepper sprayed me. Tried to rob me. Strand says he managed to run away and called police. I literally feared for my life. If you have a gun pointed at you, then you get pepper sprayed. Um, you know, your next thought is, I'm going to die. We do have a big problem here, and this is our tourist area. Um, why is it a red light district? Why is it a house for beggars, crazies, um, drug users? I'm scared. I'm, I'm very scared. They know. I mean, they know exactly where I work. They know exactly what time I get off. They know what I look like. Stratton says he'd like to see more police patrols at night. The restaurant manager tells me he doesn't plan to return to work unless the owner changes his night shift to daytime hours. Police say so far, no one's been arrested. Wow, so we've gone beyond aggressive bums, junkies, human poo, etc. Now we have violent, drugged-up hookers beating down and threatening to shoot any business manager who resists their attempts to turn tricks in his business. I had to get that the, sounds like civilization breaking down. I had to get in the face of a very aggressive uh, a bum there with my niece a couple of years ago, that very spot. 
that was like really, you know, the I have some money. No, thanks. You know, coming at you and whatever that was, which is common. That happens all the freaking time in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Where they pursue you or step toward you and then you don't know what's going to happen if you say no to the money. You know, I'm, I'm I'm guessing these violent hookers are not exactly easy to reason with. But imagine their perception of the reality of San Francisco, that if a business owner says you can't turn tricks in our bathroom anymore, they decide we're going to fight him, we're going to pepper spray him, we're going to put a gun in his face, and we're going to smash up the diner, throw stuff off the counter and the rest of it. That is a sense of nothing bad will happen to me. Well, yeah. It's pretty pronounced. Sure, absolutely. That's what makes them more and more aggressive in that they feel like they can get away with it, intimidating people into giving them money or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's, that's something. That is that is something. And that is in the prime tourist shopping nice hotel area. Yep, yep. It's absolutely shocking. On a more positive note, coming up in a moment or two... Well, it's not that of a more positive note. I was going to talk about the innovation, the technology, all the great things that are happening on the West Coast. Well, one of the great leaders in that Tesla may be facing some really shaky times to come. There's something weird going on. Drew Harwell's been reporting on it. We'll talk to him. Yeah, uh, Elon said they got a saboteur inside the company the other day. We'll figure out what's going on with that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't mind coming here. I've mocked electric cars over the years, not because I'm against the idea of it. It's just that it was constantly being portrayed as like it was a real thing when they're when they're selling literally like 500 a year in the entire country. They are sold as a panacea when there are plenty of issues. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, nobody was buying them. They got so much press coverage. And then Tesla came along, was a real car people would really want to drive, was one time the safest car ever built and all that sort of stuff. Plus, I liked the whole Tesla saying, you know, we don't we don't going to have a dealership. You just buy from us and then various governments trying to stop them from doing that. So I like the whole Tesla vibe. So I'm sure. very unhappy to hear that they might be having some troubles. Well, yeah, we're unabashed Elon Musk fans around here. Not only is his smarts and his devil may care, let's try this attitude, but, you know, just just this whole thing. And, and so, yeah, I'm a little concerned about this story in the Washington Post that Drew Harwell uh, co-wrote. Um, about Tesla's struggles, uh, they're they're racing to meet the Model Three deadline, et cetera, et cetera. Drew uh, Harwell joins us now. Hi, Drew. How are you? Good. How are you? We're terrific. Thank you. So, uh, how serious do things look over at Tesla? Pretty serious and pretty tumultuous. I mean, this is a company with a guy like Elon Musk who just loves to make big promises, loves to be ambitious. That's why people love him, and that's also what drives people nuts because... Well, he shot one of his cars into space a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right. And he's known for sort of making these huge promises, and then the deadlines come, and it's a race, you know, to to actually build the things and sell the cars and put them on the road. So right now, they're facing, like, a huge deadline. They want to be making 5,000 Model 3s a week. They're making about 3,000, and they're trying all sorts of different things to get there, but uh, it's it's just added a lot of pressure and a lot of chaos into the, the factory. Well, and then you've got the weird story of the saboteur coming out earlier this week. 
Yeah, we're actually just learning a little bit about that now. Tesla just sued uh, a guy named Martin Tripp, who's a former employee, and they're accusing him of hacking their software, ferreting away videos and images, um, uh, lying to the media about certain things. So this must be the saboteur of Elon's emails. Um, but it just goes to show this is a workplace that is very um, full of uh, chaos, and and the the, the the heat is on. I mean, it, it, this is a company that has. Um, uh, you know, uh, charged at the, the the big guys like Ford and and sort of made a name for itself. But now um, they've got to really prove that they can they can deliver. Well, so originally they come out with the the Model S and it was real expensive. It's a real expensive car. It was worked great. I know people who drive them. Um, uh, incredibly safe. Like I said, I think Consumer Reports had it the safest car ever made at one point. The Tesla S. But there aren't that many people buying ninety thousand dollar cars. I mean, that's a that's a slim segment for a lot of the country. Was it ever up and running? I mean, in in a, in a way that was sustainable, or or has something changed? I mean, there's a huge core of Tesla super fans out there that will right. defend the company, love their cars, and the Teslas are fun to drive. I mean, that, there's a reason why uh, you know there's there's a, there's a pack of people who 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 love the things. Well, they're um, the fastest thing on the road yeah. by far. Oh yeah, so if you like fast, fast, yeah, yeah, and they they feel different than any other car. I mean, that, that that's for sure. But like, can they become this wide market brand? That's that's what they're facing. That's what they were trying to do with the Model Three. They're saying it's a mass market car. They're saying it starts at thirty five thousand. You can't really get it for thirty five thousand, but it's cheaper than what they've sold. So, but you know, you've got to put the things on the road. There's a whole thing with making cars is uh, you got to have a factory line that can spew these out efficiently um, and safely and compete with a lot of the other companies on the road. Tesla has been able to make the cool car, but can they make them uh, enough that they can actually build a business to, to last for the long term? Well, you mentioned in your story in the Washington Post, which we'll post a link to so folks can find easily, that uh, that they were hoping to produce 5,000 cars per week by the end of last year. Are they coming anywhere near that? Um, they are about 3,500 a week, and it, it, you know the factory workers we're talking to say they've never really been working so hard to get these cars on the road. They, they say they're working at the speed of light and, and that they feel like they're a NASCAR pit crew. There's, there's one factory that Tesla puts cars out of. It's in Fremont. Um, and they've actually just built this new tent structure on the factory grounds, or they're actually doing even more cars. Um, it, it's a really odd thing for any company to do, especially a company that sells $100,000 cars. Build cars um, under a tent? You find that yeah. odd? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a little odd. Nobody had really heard of a company doing that because a lot goes into to making these things. There's there's not just the manufacturing, but the quality inspections, and um, you know, doing that in a tent with no sprinklers, with you know, sort of you know, all, all sorts of questions of, of whether it meets the building and fire codes. Um, you know, so getting that extra thousand cars a week on, on top of that with, with workers who say they're they're already busting their humps already. I mean, I, that's the big question for Tesla, and it's also the big question for the investors and drivers who who love to watch them. Yeah, are there buyers for all those cars even? Because uh, did they catch on? Or did Tesla ever catch on? around the country because i i live in one of your west coast little you know uh, environmental towns i see five of them every day but i'm guessing most towns around the country it's not that way they're still huge in california there's a growing market for them in new york and, and dc where i am but and that's it coast, <laughs> between the coast not really yeah i mean they are expensive i'll bet cars. you could drive from sacramento to maryland and not see a tesla that'd be my guess <laughs> yeah hmm. that's probably Interesting. true that's probably uh, true 
We're talking to Drew Harwell of the Washington Post about Tesla's struggles. Hey, you mentioned the word fire, which reminded me there was some weird incident in Fremont with the, uh, a fire in the plant. Yeah, there was a fire in the plant uh, a couple of days ago, and, and Elon had mentioned that in, in an email a couple of days ago and said it was a really sort of strange occurrence. It was unexplained. He, he kind of hinted that it might be the work of this shadowy saboteur who, right. who it seems like they're suing now. But um, the weird thing is they didn't call the police and they didn't call the fire department. So it was a fire that they maybe handled in-house. It, it's just one of the other questions about Okay, so on. you're a reporter. You can't say things we can say as talk show hosts because I don't know if you know that, but there are no rules for talk show hosts. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Hell, there are no standards. A saboteur is holding you back. Weird fire. This is starting to look a little hinky. Well, and, and, and Drew and company tried to get more comments out of Musk and the company declined to provide further comment on the emails. Quote, only the paranoid survive, Musk wrote. Wow. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. He's dating a different young hottie. Are you following that end of the story? Probably not. <laughs> no, no. We're not even getting into that. There's enough to cover without that part. It's right. part of the full picture. Come on, Drew. Well, interesting. We... <laughs> You know, we uh, we're rooting for Tesla again. We're we're fans, and and we think they're great and innovative, and and the rest of it. That was but, an electric report. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. See what I said about no standards, boo. including for humor. Yeah. I agree. Thank you. Boo hiss. I agree. Drew Harwell of the Washington Post. Drew, it's always great uh, to get a chance to talk to you. Well done. Thank you. Hey. Thanks, guys. You got it. I'm rooting for Tesla. It's just, but it's tough. It's tough. The the demand for electric cars is not what the people who write about them would like it to be. Right. And they're being bought where those people write those articles in Washington, D.C. and in in San Francisco. But I thought you were country. saying the journalists are being bought. No, the cars are, are being bought and sold. Sure. Yeah. Correct. So these journalists really want it to be thing. And that was my complaint all along. Before Tesla came along, there's all these talk regularly. And Tom Friedman with his endless columns about electric cars and green this and that and the green future. And, like, and, the, and there was like a couple hundred being sold in the whole damned country every right. year. Right. It's just people don't want them. I was mildly surprised to see a friend of mine uh, driving a Chevy Bolt EV the other day. Mm-hmm. I, I see those were super happy with that. You know, it depends on where you live, what you see. Because I see a lot of Teslas. That doesn't mean they're popular anywhere else. But um, I see those BMW electric cars a fair amount. That's another thing Tesla's got against it. Because we had that article the other day that some of your high-end companies have really put a lot of time and effort into their electric cars. And if it comes down to, do I buy a Tesla, which I don't know if it's going to be around, or BMW, which of course is going to be around, people might go toward the company they know is going to be there. Sure, Mercedes, Lexus, yeah. etc. Yeah. yeah. That's just normal human nature. So, Tesla's great cars, no doubt about it. Oh, Those yeah, amazing. Are, they ought to be for 90, 100 grand. That's true. That's true. That's often left out. It's an amazing car. Yeah, it should be. You yeah. know how many people ever are ever sit in a $100,000 car, let alone buy one? Yeah, not a lot. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Donald Trump says he is moving to keep illegal immigrant families together. His comments coming up about what he's calling his preemptive actions. And we will review Trump's man, Corey, and what he said that stirred everybody up. Come on. Womp, womp. womp. (laughs) On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Peter Strzok's lawyer, he's the FBI agent that we all know about with the texts and whatnot. Ah, yeah. Uh, Peter Strzok's lawyer. Mr. Insurance Policy. Mr. We Won't Let It Happen. He says that um, 
His his client is in being prosecuted for political reasons, and that he is a victim. Okay, of an overeager this or that. If and, I'm paying a lawyer, I want him to say that. But true. please, you're making me laugh. Uh, and Trey Gowdy last <laughs> yesterday on Fox, I said he said I pray. I thought this was actually too much <laughs> uh, for Trey Gowdy to say. I, I thought he got out of his lane of just wanting what's truth and justice. But he said, I pray, I pray that he comes before me and says he's a victim. I pray that he says that. Wow. I thought, that's a, that's a little over the top. That's there, some dude. good WWE type hype, though, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch. <laughs> What's the pay-per-view? I'll pay it. Anyway, nobody's talking about the Strock stuff and him being led out of the FBI building yesterday and all that sort of stuff. because Yeah, he was literally frog-marched out of the FBI building. Because we're dealing with the immigration thing. So Trump's going to end that. Then we'll be back to the FBI tomorrow, I guess. But right now, let's get the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, tired of all the back and forth, President Trump just announcing in a meeting with lawmakers at the White House that he's signing something in a little while that's going to do that. And the people in this room want to do that. And they're working on various pieces of legislation to get it done. But I'll be doing something that's somewhat preemptive, but ultimately will be matched by legislation, I'm sure. Uh, We're having a lot of problems with Democrats. They don't want to vote for anything. They don't care about Lack of security. They really would like to have open borders where anybody in the world can just flow in, including from the Middle East, from anybody, anywhere. They can just flow into our country. Tremendous problems with that. Tremendous crime caused by that. We're just not going to do it. President, so does Trump get above 50 percent with that sort of argument right there? Or do most people see this as he caused this? Well, I think most say he caused this. You know, certainly it's virtually every Democrat and a lot of independents. I think if they'd uh, stuck to their guns a little more, they could have gotten the messaging better. But yeah, they're scrambling backward. Trump also announcing he's canceling the annual congressional picnic at the White House tomorrow evening. He says, it I'll just, show you. He says, <laughs> <laughs> no, I read it. You screwed up. No picnic. Good one. (laughs) I read him. He he said it just doesn't feel right and added he wants to get the immigration problem solved before we have any picnics. You are worried about the side-by-side split screenshot of you all at a picnic with little babies crying in cages? You didn't think that would look good. (laughs) It wouldn't. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) You're having some potato salad and playing Frisbee. A lot of potato salad yeah. going to waste. <laughs> Give it to the poor, Michael. Meanwhile, the house... Give it to those crying little immigrant children. Hmm? Everybody likes potato salad. <laughs> Meanwhile, the House Speaker Paul Ryan says the House is still set to vote on compromise legislation that he is pushing. He says that we'll vote on it by tomorrow night, but we'll have to wait and see if you know these uh, last-minute maneuvers are going to change anything around. President Trump's former campaign manager, meanwhile, is facing backlash. Corey Lewandowski was defending the Trump's administration's zero-tolerance immigration policy during an interview last night when a Democratic strategist, who was also on the show, started talking about a child with Down syndrome who was separated from her mother after they crossed the border illegally. I read today about a 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome who was taken from her mother and put in a cage. I read about a, a, did you say want-want to a 10-year-old with Down syndrome being taken from her mother? you can pick anything you want, but the bottom line is very clear. When you cross the border illegally, you have given up the rights of this country. We have infants that are being taken from their mothers. We have infants that are being stolen from their mothers. 
mothers and put into cages. This country okay. and, and, and you your parents and they understand Nobody can hear when you both talk. So when you cross the border illegally, sir, you commit a crime, you are taken away from your has a Down syndrome that she was taking from her mother. This policy is abhorrent. There you go. Wah wah versus how dare you? I'm telling you. That was that was the worst wah wah I've ever heard, though. Surely our nation's rhetoric can get no lower. Oh my God! Did you just wah wah a ten year old girl with Down syndrome? Wow, that's a hell of a wah wah. So listen, wah, getting, I read a- wah, wah. getting back to Marshall's original uh, question: Will the uh, this executive right. order uh, impede uh, Paul Ryan's bill? Will they actually do anything? No, they won't actually do anything. Uh, one of the greatest pieces of political wisdom I've ever heard is that Congress does two things: nothing and overreact. And I think we're seeing a, a little of both. But no, they've failed to act on this for decades. They will fail to act on it this week in any significant way. So you think uh, they'll take the executive order and everybody will run for cover? Yes. Okay. I mean, there will be a certain percentage of folks on both sides yeah. of the aisle who will try to trot out something that's actually no, nothing productive. Will happen, but, but nothing will happen. Changing gears. Scientists are now naming a 500-million-year-old sea creature for former President Barack Obama. I'm glad you're doing this story. I just saw the headline, so I'm confused. Um, Is this a sea creature that is currently alive and lives on planet Earth that we didn't know about and has been on Earth for that long? Is that what you mean? No. Or did they find the bones of something that existed that long ago? It's a fossil. Okay. University of California Riverside scientists discovered a fossil of a disc-shaped half-inch-long animal in a fossil bed in a mountain range in southern Australia. And they believe it was from Kenya? I mean, why is it named after Obama? (laughs) Scientists scientists say it lived its entire life embedded on the ocean floor and probably never moved. It's good work if you can get it. They named it (laughs) Obama's Coronatus to honor Obama's passion for science. Put that next to the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, for God's sake. Coronatus means crowned. The scientists say it is probably one of the earliest animals to ever live on Earth. So there you go. 500 million year old sea creature. You know, there's a lot of pain and angst and uncertainty in being a human being. Love, loss, etc. But I think it's better than being embedded in the bottom of the sea for your entire life. Doesn't sound very exciting. Yeah. Maybe you see whales swim by and that sort of thing. I don't know. On the other hand, you're a man who likes to relax, and this creature never sure. moved. I am a man who craves leisure, and this creature seems to have really, really craved it. Achieved the heights of leisure. Just your- lay here filtering seawater. <laughs> At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips. Here, I'm starting a Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. There you go. So, um, there's something called the drug positivity rate in the U.S. workforce. That's how many people are on drugs, I guess, Hmm. based on drug tests. Guess if it's up or down. (laughs) It's at a record high. Wow, you're kidding. (laughs) Maybe that and other stuff coming up on the Petering Out, part of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Friday. 
So I was wanting to check uh, Ann Coulter's Twitter. I just wonder how the hardcore base of uh, Trump supporters who really, you know, care about this immigration issue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Feel about it, because uh, we just got one text, I'm, I'm guessing, from somebody along those lines. Uh, bah, 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 bah. I can't find it. Uh, but it basically said, well, there you go. Trump is a typical ballless politician that wouldn't stand up to the immigration topic. Done with this issue, et cetera, et cetera. So. Let's see. Uh, Ann Coulter tweeted, liberals will cry until we agree to open borders, but they'll never cry for Justin Lee, Grant Runaback, Jamie Shaw, all these people killed by illegals. Uh, I don't think she's blasted Trump. My point being is I wonder if Trump will get any heat from his own base for giving in on this. Or if they felt like, uh, if if a lot of Trump's base felt like, uh, you know, this is too much, the crying kids and the wah-wah and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't know. We'll see. Huh. Um, I mentioned something. I don't remember what I mentioned. Oh, Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. We need to stop this policy, said the lying little Zuckerberg. And so he raised five some million dollars on Facebook to uh, stop the caging of children. (laughs) Uh, Also in USA Today, I came across used car prices are at a 13-year high. Average price for a used car right now is about $20,000. Wow. Up 17% since five years ago. Good time to sell your used car. Wow, that's amazing. Um, interesting. Oh, okay, so all these pictures are emerging of kids in cages during the Obama administration. Now, photos uh, taken in 2014 look nearly identical to the ones during the Trump era. You've never seen them, however. Yep, there they are. Sure enough, yeah, it looks like the same stuff. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, completely unsurprising. Yeah, there are a bunch of kids Nobody sleeping else. inside of chain link. Nobody will see that stuff. No, no. I'll tweet it. If you follow us on the Twitter. You're the uh, conscience of America, which reminds me. We often play the sound of the bald eagle. Yes. Apparently, we have a clip of an actual bald eagle. Where did we get this? Who can tell me? Michael? Hanson? Somebody? Where did this clip of a bald eagle come from? I had no I'm, idea. But well, uh, well, somebody put it on this list. It came from somewhere. Oh, here. Let me mention that we've had quite a few listeners send us actual clips of bald eagles because what we're playing is a hawk. I'm assuming. I'm assuming this. That's a pig. That sounds like a pig. Uh, who, <laughs> you sound like a pig. Who put this on here for some reason? For what reason? Hansman, is that you or uh, Sean? Sean. Yeah. Sean did, okay. Sean put it on there this morning. Yeah. The bald eagle, and then we got a red-tailed hawk, which sounds like this apparently. Okay. So the bald eagle we play is by beyond a doubt, one hundred percent. The sound of a hawk. But I still agree that we're better off playing the hawk sound than the eagle sound. Because the no, hawk sounds more like the eagle should sound. Exactly. It's as That's simple my point. as that. If you want to be a good American. Did you see the picture of Trump actually hugging the American flag after some speech he gave the other day? Went over to the American flag and hugged it. <laughs> it's a tad over the top. Ah, I like it. <laughs> I think he should do it with a bald eagle on his shoulder. All right, all right. Making that pig grunting sound. Exactly. Go around like Long John Silver, except (laughs) instead of a parrot, he's got a giant bald eagle. (laughs) I love it. That would be some imagery. All right, here's a fun question for you. What do Beyonce, the Smurfs 2, and you have in common? All three have the theoretical ability to rent out the Louvre. The great French art museum that... My question yesterday when the the video came out of uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z um, of the Z family there in the Louvre. I wondered, did they buy it? Do you know the name <laughs> of the song? 
No. Ape-S. Except it's spelled out. Really? That's yeah, the that's name the name of the, of the song. song. Ape Spit, but with an H Who instead of a P. Who named it? Roseanne Barr? I, I don't know. I ain't heard the lyrics yet. But according to the New York Times, about 500 shoots take place at the Louvre each year. Uh, which have included uh, from uh, Wonder Woman to the Smurfs 2. And do they charge you for that? Does yes. That... Uh, as of 2015, well, that's some good up-to-date information. <laughs> the cost for both interior and exterior shots would be just $5,200. It's possible that if the Carters had a crew of more than 50 people, the number would have been closer to about $23,000. I'm doing some And how long math. do you get for that? Uh, but as the Times noted, there are hotel rooms here that cost more than that. But yeah, I was going to say for fifty two hundred. So for fifty two hundred dollars, I could rent out to the Louvre, the Louvre. So just me and my family would walk around and look at the stuff by myself. That might be a worthwhile expenditure. I don't think you get the whole place. You might be able to do shots for like half an hour. Okay. Or it, it depends how many people you have and that sort of thing. A tour for under fifty guests will set you back about. Uh, $13,000. I think standing in line to see the Mona Lisa is moronic, which I realize offends a lot of people who have stood in line for the Mona Lisa. Eh, Why is that moronic? It's one of the great pieces of art ever rendered. Whatever. What do you mean? You can't whatever the Mona Lisa. What are you going to want, want, cripple children now? You heartless bastard. Wah, wah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't work with this man. I was at the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York <laughs> just last weekend, yeah. which is one of the greatest museums on, on Earth. And uh, I was staring at a lot of great paintings. And I, I don't know why, but I just love great old-timey oil paintings. I mean, like, they just they make, they give me an emotional reaction. You're surprised you didn't slash them with a knife, given your attitude, or <laughs> spray paint them. But the, the the ones that become popular, it's purely fashion. It's it's, like, it's similar to music, and that there's no reason that band's successful and that's not. It's just, you know, the whims of of fashion. Sure, and it creates its own momentum and once it's it, big. Yeah, yeah, then it's a every uh, uh, nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's just ridiculous to stand in line for hours to look at the Mona Lisa and there's nobody in line for, for something every bit as good over there. Yeah, but the brush strokes, Jack. The brush strokes. No, that's not true. It's not better. But the smile. It's so mysterious. <laughs> Why is she smiling? Does she have gas? <laughs> she should ask her doctor about Omfito. <laughs> Alexa, Play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. <laughs> here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Oh, that gal. She's a god. She's that's so perfect. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Positive Sean's off doing something else, so his drivel will have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> wow. <And> Michelangelo, <laughs> final thought? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do a self-imposed media blackout. All of this stuff is just driving me crazy. I, I'm going to yeah. have to turn off the TV and go hide somewhere. Yeah, one thing Trump, I think properly uh, was tuned to is how much of this people could take. People were uh, were done with this as of like this morning. That might be an argument for letting it ride. I Maybe. don't know. Yeah. Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts. Well, Donald Trump hugs the flag, so I'm going to hug our eagle. Come here. Come here. Come here, Squawky. Uh, Remember, uh, he's available for loan or rent. That's, that's cheaper oh, yeah. than the loop. You got a 4th of July party, you want the eagle there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I did. What was my final thought? I uh, hmm. got to get more sleep. Yeah, well, that probably would be a pretty good idea. I, yeah. I had a really good final thought. I swear to God. Wah, wah. I read a... Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> did you just wah, wah, not being able to remember your final thought? How dare you? How dare you? All right, my final thought is I think our nation's rhetoric is at bottom. I 
think it has bottomed out and will be springing back towards somewhat more intelligent and nuanced tomorrow. No more Nazis, no more you're making Jesus sad. But I may be wrong. So Peter Strzok is going to appear before Congress. Yes. They announced today they'll subpoena him if he doesn't show up. And that is going to be quite the spectacle. So we're looking forward to that over the next 24, 48 hours. Might be tomorrow. Oh, really? That yeah. fast? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow. yeah. They said it has to happen this week. So that'll be good radio and yes. TV. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act. Uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us. For what we've done. Thank you and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye bye. I read a. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.